Let's go back 50 to 60 years ago. And remember Sunday night, television on. Do you remember hearing this? The world is a carousel of color. This is Truth to Ponder. Walt Disney presents... And now your host, Walt Disney. And then Walt Disney would come on your TV set and introduce that evening's program. By the way, this is Truth to Ponder, the weekend edition, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I have many memories of that time, of my childhood. Gathering around the TV set on a Sunday night, now I know a lot of my Baptist friends ended up being in church on Sunday night. We were raised Lutheran, so we, we did have the opportunity of watching, watching Disney on Sunday night. And as I recall, it came on at an earlier time, like 7 in the evening, And you might see a movie, you might have a cartoon, it may be a special program about the new, soon-to-be-built Disney World in Orlando, Florida. How many times I I saw the teacups and all the rides of Disneyland in Southern California on the TV set. Now, while they made a big deal about the wonderful world of color, and of course, I know some of the TV networks like NBC made a really big deal about being the full-color network. Back in those days, mid-60s, we still had a black-and-white TV set. It wasn't until literally 1970 or 71 when my dad finally decided to get a, a color set. But I can remember the wonderful world of Disney, watching it as a child, and, and I enjoyed it so much. And I really wanted to go to Disney World someday and Disneyland, because before Disney World, it was Disneyland. And I finally did get there by the late 1980s, about 1988 or 89. I can't remember which year precisely. I did get to visit Disneyland in California. Disney, back in those days, as most of you probably remember, Everything they put out was family-friendly, and everything they had at the time was G-rated. In other words, you didn't have to worry about the content. You could take your child to a Disney movie. You could watch The Wonderful World of Disney on a Sunday night. And there was nothing you had to turn the TV set down or have the children leave the room or or feel uncomfortable about. I can remember even into the 1970s and into the 1980s, you know, having children of my own and grandkids, you know, you didn't worry much about getting a Disney product. But Walt Disney, he died in 1966, if I remember correctly. And, and over the years, Disney began to expand their business. And they started a couple of sub-corporations to begin to explore movies that would break the mold of simply a G movie. They wanted to get into PG-13 and even some R-rated material. 
and so they developed a company called Pixar Pictures. Most people didn't really pay attention. People still, from my generation, us baby boomers that were raised on Disney. Come on, let's be honest. Baby boomers born between 1940-something or other, they were about 10 when Disneyland opened and then was shortly thereafter the TV program started. And so many of us baby boomers and those that came, you know, right after us remember watching Disney on a Sunday night. And it's sad that everything has changed so much in these past 50 plus years. In ways that I don't think our parents or grandparents could have ever even dreamed was humanly possible. My father passed away in 2002. And he had already seen the tragedy of 9-11 in New York City, Washington, D.C., and the field in Pennsylvania. And he thought he had seen it all. I mean, he had been a Marine in the Pacific Theater in World War II. And he thought he had seen everything by the time that he died. I don't think he can imagine the world that has happened in just the past 20 years, let alone the last 50. It took a long time to get us into the 2000s in terms of our decaying society. And we can look at a number of things. You can put your, you know, you you can probably find defining events along the way. One of the things that stands out to me is parents used to take their children to church with them back in the day that I came along. I'm remembering living in a community in Long Island, about 35 miles or so east of New York City, and the town was called Hicksville. It used to be a farming community way back in the 1800s and early 1900s, but it was right next to a community that was built right after the Second World War, Levittown. And there were a lot of kids, a lot of us baby boomers in Hicksville. And and on a given Sunday morning, most people, depending which church they went to, they, they all got in the car. I can remember, you know, putting on my my shirt and tie and sport jacket. My sister put on a nice dress. My parents were dressed, they used to use the term our Sunday best. You know, the good clothes. And off we would go to church. Now, I sang in choirs as a kid, so I got to go to maybe sometimes two church services. We had many on a Sunday morning. And it wasn't until sometime after lunch that the kids came outside to play if the weather was decent. But today, today if you go into neighborhoods in Hicksville on a Sunday morning, there are not that many people getting up and going to church. Families sleep in, maybe head off to a big box store, maybe go out and get something to eat with the divorce rate as high as it is today. A lot of fathers have their day or two on a weekend with their kids, and you'll see them in restaurants all staring at their telephones and texting somebody else, not even communicating with each other. 
The world has changed, and sadly, Disney has changed along with it. The Disney that I was raised with, the Disney I thought I could trust to children and grandchildren, is now a very dangerous product. It it is something that I don't consider safe any longer. I can remember back in the 1980s, working in, in Georgia, building quite a a radio studio for Toccoa Falls College. And the guy that did most of our construction had worked for years in Florida in the 70s and uh, had been there for a long time working for Disney in Orlando. And he would make some comments like, you know, Disney when he went to work there versus Disney when he left there. He could see the beginning of the changes even in the 1980s. With their founder gone, Walt Disney had died, like I say, in 1966. Michael Eisner took over. You now had Pixar Pictures and other sub-companies doing things that, that Walt Disney and his brother Roy would probably never have permitted. But they were determined to make a lot of money. And they were going to be the biggest thing on the block. And they pretty well did it. You look at what Disney puts out today. A lot of their movies, through their Pixar and other sub-companies, are R-rated. Some of the rides at Disney World, and even at Disneyland, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. I can remember the early Pirates of the Caribbean stuff from way back when, and the original rides. When it became a movie for the movie theater in recent decades with Johnny Depp, it's a totally different product. And it's not really as child-friendly as it once was. So many things that we counted on in, in in our world are changing and changing quickly. And I think a lot of it has to do with we've lost our moral foundation. And Disney has just followed the trend. I mean, face it, I've mentioned this before. The majority of people in the United States today, the majority, are no longer involved in any kind of religion or religious activity of any kind. And, And I mean, we're talking, it doesn't matter if it's Christian or something else. The majority of people are no longer involved with anything that resembles religion True Christians, true believers are way now in the minority. Once formally, and I've mentioned this before, safe denominations that still were biblical and taught the Bible don't do it anymore. Sadly, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America is one. Many of the Presbyterians, Methodists, Episcopalians, uh, United Church of Christ, all of these these denominations that used to be biblical have adopted the world. They're now worldly, carnal, and they have they do exactly what St. Paul warned Timothy. They're going to heap unto themselves teachers with itching ears to hear just what they want to hear. They don't want to hear the message of redemption and repentance and change. They want to create a God for themselves that allows you to live in your sin and still have all the benefits 
after you die of being in a happy place. And over these years, the days of going to church on a Sunday morning and many being able to watch Disney safely on a Sunday night, they're over, they're gone, and they're not coming back. Look at the kind of television programs that dominate on a Sunday night if it's not a news program. It's not the same world that that I was raised in. In the United States today, the wolf lurks, looking for your children, looking for your children to change and to even groom. And just an example, because we were talking about Disney, and I've shared some of these audio clips several weeks ago, but I'm going to share a couple short ones again. There was a Zoom conference because, you know, everybody's so afraid of the Rona and Corona. We got to have a Zoom, Zoom conference call. And so a number of executives were, were discussing, and this is all during the time of when Florida had passed legislation forbidding public school teachers about dealing with sexual content with children kindergartens, first, second, and third grade. It it, it was just not appropriate for teachers to be delving into those areas in Florida. And of course, everybody mistakenly called it the don't say gay bill. Had nothing to do with that. It was just saying you don't talk about any of this stuff with young children that are not yours in the public school. That's a parent's responsibility. And children, I think, and I believe firmly, I would even have gone into fourth, fifth, and maybe even close to sixth grade, they're not really ready to be exploring all this world of human sexuality, both good and evil. Can't they be children while they're still children? But not anymore. And and see, Disney is using all of this as an opportunity because I've noticed something else in in the theatrics, in theater, There's been a a large LGBTQ community for for decades, many, many decades. And but now they feel empowered because it started out in the 70s. Just, you know, just tolerate us, then accept us, now embrace us and now consider what we do superior to what you do. This has been the four phases of the LGBTQ community that they feel empowered to literally parade virtually naked down a street holding a pride flag. And many at Disney are on board. Now, there's a guy named Alan Marsh, and and he is one of the people that is involved deeply in production at Disney. And and this is how he looks at his responsibility and and his particular job. Yeah, um, I've had the privilege of working with the Moon Girl team for the last two years, and they've been really open to exploring queer stories. And so I put together like a tracker of our background characters to make sure that we have like the full breadth of expression. And uh, we got into a very similar conversation, Carrie, of like, oh, all of our like gender nonconforming characters are in the background. And so it's not just a numbers game. of how many LGBTQ plus characters you have. And so kind of the only way to have these like canonical 
trans characters, canonical asexual characters, canonical bisexual characters is to give them stories where they can like be their whole selves. I want you to imagine for just a moment putting on your television back in, let's say, 1965, 1966, and having Walt Disney on your TV set introducing some of the people that work at Disney and and having introduced this guy by the name of Alan Marsh, you just heard. What would parents have done in 1965 if Walt Disney said, now here's one of my very important people, name is Alan Marsh, and he's involved with production and everything else here at Disney uh, for the the content that your children see. And, and Alan Marsh, complete with his, you know, I, I've seen his picture, his, and you know, he's got all this uh, stuff on his face, you know, metalwork and everything else. If this guy had looked into the camera and said that on television, in 1965, what would have happened to Disney? What would have happened to Disneyland? Even a state like California back then would never have tolerated it. And and Disney would have been gone, Just, just gone. But see, Disney has followed the trends of the world and in many cases is beginning to lead much of the trends. Because they, they, they realize that, you know, the, the number of people that are, are Bible-believing Christians is a minority, so we don't worry about them anymore. They're a minority. We're going to appeal to the very secular people that are all into their careers and their homes and their internet and their lifestyles. Another one of the executives, her name is uh, Carrie Burke, and and and... I listened to what she had to say a few times, and it just, it just absolutely is mind-boggling. Number one, this whole transgender stuff literally has come out of nowhere in the past few years. I mean, I'm sure, and I know medically speaking and psychologically speaking, there are extreme rare times when there is, for lack of a better term, a biological error. I'm trying to be as polite as I can. But it's incredibly rare. Incredibly rare. And yet we're being led to believe in the last several years there's this push out there to tell us that a surprisingly high number of people are really in the wrong body. I mean, really, you know, this guy you may think, this person you may think is a little boy really is a little girl. It doesn't matter what the DNA says. It doesn't matter how that person is biologically built. This boy is really a girl. And if you say otherwise, you're just hateful. You're a bigot. You're a homophobe, you're a transophobe, you're a thisophobe and a thatophobe and another, and it never ends. And we're, we're being led to believe that somehow half the children are probably in the wrong bodies. Now, up until a few years ago, the rare time somebody felt that way, it was considered a mental illness that could be treated. Now you have the Biden administration 
You have the, I mean, face it, the, the, the assistant secretary of health is a trans. You know, Richard Levine, I, I, he goes by the name Rachel, but it's a guy. Look at him carefully. It is a man pretending to be a woman. He is not a woman. He is not the first woman admiral in in the you know in the health system. It's all a fraud. He's a fraud. He is mentally ill, and they put him in charge of mental health in this country. This is where the inmates are running the asylum, and this is what we've come down to. And so here's this executive, and this is in that same Zoom meeting, and she is a mother, which is even more scary when you listen to what she has to say and what she really believes that Disney should be doing. I'm here as a mother of of two queer children, actually, Um, uh, one transgender child um, um, and one pansexual child. and and also as a leader, so we, we had a we had an open forum last week at twentieth where, um, again the home of, of really incredible groundbreaking LGBTQIA stories over the years where, um, one of our execs stood up and said, you know we only have a handful of queer leads in our content, and I went what, I, that can't be true, and I and I and I realized oh. It, it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories, and 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 yet we don't have enough leads. One of the amazing things about that entire Zoom conference, there were several, I think there was like six different executives involved, and I went through about as much of it as I could stomach. And it seemed the most important thing to Disney at the time, or the Disney Corporation, these Disney executives and and content producers. The entire conference call, it was all about, we need more gay. We need more LGBTQ. And this goes back, uh, this call goes back to the month of June, which is considered and called Pride Month, where... Every company adopts a rainbow logo and pretends that they're gay, you know, and 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 they love gays and they and they want yeah, they want their business. I, I got a an email the other day, I mean literally maybe three four days ago, and and it came from Booking dot com, you know Booking dot com, like where you go if you want to you know get an airline ticket or or a hotel reservation i've used over the years because of my travel i've used a few online services and and out of the blue i get this email from booking.com and it was an email and this is now you know here we are in the month of august we're not even in june anymore And this is touting all the LGBTQ-friendly places that they can send you to. And and the whole email is just rainbow flags and and just some stuff that is just not suitable to be sharing with children. I mean, the way men are dressed, you know, they're, they're, it was, it was, well, it was disgusting is what it was. 
And so I unsubscribed and I've taken out their app. I'm not going to use them anymore. Don't send me this kind of stuff. Why would you send this kind of material out to everybody unless you're trying to make everybody feel they have to you know, get with the program or, or maybe there's something wrong with you? Well, I think there's something wrong with them. I've, I've talked to so many people that they wonder, you know, how many people are truly, let's say, homosexual? Is it 10% like they want you to believe, 20%? Most will tell you it's well under 3%, if that high. But for a small group, there's a lot of noise and a lot of demands, and they're trying to mainstream it into elementary school we're not talking just college campuses maybe high school they want to start getting to your children when they're very young that's why they have you know drag queen story hours in public libraries for crying out loud and lutheran churches i mean they're doing this even in some churches it's alarming and so the disney You know, the wonderful world of Disney, the wonderful world of color, for those that had color TVs. We we don't have that anymore. This the Disney that was G-rated, family friendly, is gone. And I doubt if it'll ever come back. A few weeks ago, Disneyland celebrated its 67th anniversary. I guess I was probably mm, not even one year of age. When, Disney, when Disneyland opened up in California. And I remember watching it, like I said, on the TV. I couldn't wait to get there. And in the recent 67th anniversary, they used to always show this short clip of Walt Disney opening up, opening up Disneyland. And they've removed this clip from the opening ceremony for the 67th anniversary and this is what Walt Disney said way back in 1955 to all who come to this happy place welcome Disneyland is your land here age relives fond memories of the past and here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals the dreams and the hard facts that have created America with the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Thank you. To me, it's rather obvious why they felt they had to remove what Walt Disney said back in July of 1955. Because, see, it talks about values. It talks about America. It talks about a happy place for families. The whole idea, Walt Disney built that place because he would discover when taking his daughters out, trying to find a place where both the the children and the adults could, could have fun and interact with each other together. Or maybe a local merry-go-round, you know, the, the father couldn't do it, but the kids could. He built it with the idea of families in mind. And, and he built it after a career of making G-rated cartoons and films. And the Disney of today is now a, just a satanic, demonic organization that is nothing like the Disney that 
I grew up with and I, I felt that I could trust even my kids and grandkids with. Do you believe in the work we're doing here at Truth to Ponder? Would you visit our website, truth2ponder.com? And also, would you consider financial support? We really need it during this month of August. Make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. And you can mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. Number 3248. That's our secure box. The city is Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida, 32536. That zip code again is 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Taking out the waste. Coming up, Shalom Aleichem, this is Jonathan Kahn. Your Jewish connection bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. I noticed something in my life that might be true for some of you. It takes a while before you really notice you're getting fatter. You can fool yourself for a while, but then you hit a point where the truth can't be hit. You know, I noticed at one point I was getting weight. You know how? It was this, this sign, this surefire sign. Basically, it's this. I can't get my pants on anymore. And so a while back, I realized I couldn't get my pants on. You see, pants are a marker. It's, it doesn't change. They don't change. It stays the same. So it's objective. So, so, you know, I couldn't tell myself, you're not so bad. Or you're, you're, my pants are saying, listen, you're fat. You're fat, fat, fat. Pants are crucial because they force you to face the truth. You're gaining weight. So when I couldn't get my pants on, I realized, well, I came to a crossroad. I had to do something. You know, I had to make some serious decisions. I had to make a change. So I, I took resolve. I took discipline. I took courage. Finally, I made the change. I had my pants adjusted. I had my pants taken out. No more problems. <laughs> the point is this. It didn't solve the problem until I lost weight. You know, we can become spiritually fat, lazy, cold, dead, misled, weak. It's crucial we have standards. The word of God is this marker. It doesn't change. It's the truth. So when you find your life isn't matching up with the word anymore, it's getting uncomfortable. Well, what do you do? Well, a lot of people try to alter the word like the pants. They try to take out the word, rationalize it, dilute it. Well, it doesn't really mean that, you know, but you know what? You're altering the pants. Rather, don't alter God's word to fit your life. Alter your life to fit the word. That's it. Because when the pants don't fit anymore, it's not the pants that need altering, but the person and the life inside of it. Want more? Ask for the anti-backsliding kit. Now, feeling like your walk with God can use a real spiritual boost? We got the answer. A free subscription to Sapphires. Used as directed. Warning. Can revolutionize your walk for victory. And the incredible mystery of the temple doors. All free. You'll love it. How do you get it? Easy. Just remember Jesus' is real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. And I invite you to minister with me in two of the most exciting ministries, to beam the word of life around the earth by shortwave radio to every tribe and tongue and to Israel, the Jewish people who gave you the gospel. Uh, and it's amazing. It's the farthest way you can ever spread the gospel. Make your life count. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. Impact the world. Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct at the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, <laughs> don't take out the pants. Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you and Messiah Haderech, the way of life. This 
is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I know that some of you can only hear this program on the weekend. I, I understand that in uh, Zambia, in the eastern part of Africa, we are on a shortwave station that covers a huge part of the continent of Africa. And we are on Saturdays there. We are on a couple of domestic radio stations on Saturday and Sunday. And of course, a few additional shortwave stations on the weekend and, and different hours. And so I, I know that some of you don't hear the program Monday through Thursday. You only hear the Friday and weekend edition. But I want to thank you for listening. If you want to hear what you're missing and you do have access to the internet, I would invite you to go to our website, truth, the number two, ponder.com, truth to ponder.com. And you'll find all the radio programs there from the very beginning two years ago. All the programs are there. And and I'm I'm gonna say something, and I don't want to sound braggadocious, but I'm gonna say it. The one thing I feel good about in the time that we've done this program, I've never said anything that I had to, you know, get on the radio and say I was totally wrong and retract. I try to be very careful with what I share with you. Uh, There are a lot of stories that people send me, a lot that I see, a lot that I consider, but as I dig into it, I get an uneasy feeling that I can't be certain. And I don't want to get into an area where I'm speculating. I want to be able to give you material that when you hear it from me, you can trust it. I've known a number of, you know, so-called prophetic or end-time ministries, a number of them, that remove older content from their website. Why? Because if you were to play it, you know, three years later, they're making predictions that never came true. Or maybe four or five or eight years ago, 10 years ago. I mean, I, I know some ministries that have been around for over 20 years. And they have made many predictions of when the end of the world would come, World War III, and a bunch of other stuff that never happened, as they predicted. Some were predicting the end of the world in 2016 or 17. Well, those days are never, they've come and gone. And there were those that said, well, Trump will be back in office by, you know, before now. It was all going to be done. They, they had a vision from God. And it never happened. I just, I mentioned some of those things and I warned you not to, not to put your hope in some of this stuff. And, and I know some people that did and have been sorely disappointed. I believe one thing, we get the leadership we've earned. And as a nation, we've earned this, you know, an evil nation deserves evil rulers. And that's what we have right now in the United States. And we're going to be paying an economic price for the way we have abandoned the principles our nation was founded on. The very things that Walt Disney was saying in that clip I played before the break when he opened up Disneyland 67 years ago. Values, work, ethics, achievement, American exceptionalism, I hate to put it that way, and I'm not 
here to offend Canadians because there's there should be Canadian exceptionalism, Australian, United Kingdom. We should be striving to be the best we can. But today, we don't want to do that anymore. Today, we consider it a, a, a bad thing. And we let evil run rampant in our streets, in our cities. And I really believe, as I said in the first segment of the program, and this is, I want to get into this now in a big way in this segment. We as a nation are no longer the so-called Christian nation we may have thought we were at one time. We are far beyond it. When Barack Obama said back in, I can't remember exactly what year, was it his first term? The year escapes me. It may have been 2009 when he said, "This is we are no longer a Christian nation. A lot of people were offended by that statement. But, you know, I really wasn't because I hated to admit it, but he was right. We as a nation are no longer a Christian nation. Teachers in public schools used to be pillars of the community. And now we've got teachers... You know, the the educational system, and I, it, my guest on Thursday, Dr. William Wong and I were talking about this, how the LGBT community and a bunch of other entities, including, I would hate to say it, pedophiles, are, are trying to get involved in the school system. And, and there's so many, they're, they're, they're literally these teachers on video on social media, and they're bragging. They're bragging about the stuff they're doing and saying and teaching the children of our nation in public schools. I, I think the one that shocked me the most, I think I played it earlier this week, this, this one teacher, and, and she's in her car, and she's doing this little video, and she's so happy. She's almost tearful because she said, you know, um, and these are second graders. She's a second grade teacher. To look at her, I wouldn't allow my any grandchild or of mine anywhere near this person. And she's talking about how this one student came to her privately and wanted to change the pronouns. In other words, don't call me her or she. I want to be he and him. I want to be a boy. And she said, I was just so thrilled. And, and everybody in the class, they, they decided to change their pronouns too. My entire class of second graders, I have 100% trans kids in my second grade class. And she's bragging about this. I'm sorry, but second graders are just impressionable young children whose minds are not fully developed. They do not understand human sexuality. It's a foreign topic to them. But we're trying to force it upon them at a younger and younger age, and I consider that evil. But we now have come into a world, and let me say something. We're coming back into pagan times of antiquity. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. In the Bible, you'll you'll find some of the gods that uh, the pagans worshipped. And they and these were evil gods, Moloch being one, Baal being another. 
you remember the children of Israel out in the desert. As soon as, as soon as Moses was gone to get the Ten Commandments, they, they built an idol to worship, a golden calf. Now, it was last weekend, I believe it was last weekend, there were some special games that occurred over in the United Kingdom. And they're called the 2022 Commonwealth Games. They were held in Birmingham in the UK. And the opening ceremony, most people that watched it probably didn't think anything of it because they don't have any spiritual reference. But this opening ceremony was beyond weird. It was beyond weird. They had this fire-breathing bronze, enormous-like bull that stood, I don't know how many stories tall, being ridden by a Jezebel, and you had all of these people gathering around it and bowing down and worshiping this animal, this idol, this Moloch, Baal kind of being. This was part of the opening ceremony at the 2022 Commonwealth Games. You know, we may think we are so far beyond. You know, some people will tell you that we're, we're, we're way beyond, you know, religion. But then you say that they, they, they try to be just like, you know, John Lennon. Imagine there's no religion. You know, remember that? Imagine there's no countries, no religion too. I mean, nothing to die for. It, it's only in your imagination. Because see, what we're witnessing right now on a global scale, there's no doubt in my mind, a government-funded and a ritualistic invocation of supernatural demons. And they're coming into this world to wage war against humankind and God. School teachers, they're preying on his innocent children, pushing pedophilia and even, you know, bodily mutilation by when the kids are getting near puberty, put them on puberty blockers and then have these surgeries. You have, you have people with neurological issues self-medicating to avoid the pain of demonic possession. And you're seeing all of these symbols out there that remind you of what the book of Revelation says. And, and I'm not, I'm just saying they're there. Whether, whether they're there by design, whether they're there just to fool you, whether they're, for whatever reason, you know, I'm, I'm finding a lot of, you know, 666 symbolism everywhere. Look at, the, look, at the, look at the World Economic Forum logo. It's been around for years. If you look at it carefully, it looks like three sixes. And then you have Monster Energy even uses it. And, and, and it says, unleash the beast. Even the NIH, which, by the way, funded SARS gain-of-function bioweapon research, even they have a logo, if you look at it carefully, uh, it looks like a 666, as someone pointed out to me. Very possible. 
you know, they're even the even the symbol for Google, all of it. Whether they do it by design or just because they think it's funny, we're seeing, I think, the rise of Satanism in our world. Truly, I really do. I really believe we are seeing the rise of Satanism in this world. And when you see something like those games opening up, and bowing down and worshiping and worshiping and worshiping. When you see the video, it is it is just absolutely, um, I, I have no words for it. And and even in in churches, you, you now have you know, you have a Lutheran pastor. You ready for this? And of course, it's in the ELCA. So I mean, I'm sorry, uh, it it is what it is. So I see this story that comes out of, uh, like I say, an ELCA church. And I don't, like I say, I was raised Lutheran, Missouri Synod Lutheran as a child. And I remember when the ELCA came into being in the 1970s, and they were just a little bit over the, you know, over the top. But over the years, they have gone totally crazy. They are, as far as I'm concerned, at the top an apostate denomination that affirms homosexuality, female clergy, lesbian clergy, and they set up booths at, at, at various gay pride marches around the country, and they're pro-abortion. They, they, they pray for more abortion uh, facilities. In other words, they are in total rebellion to God. And, and, and so it's not just sexual immorality that... that sets them apart and sadly i know there are some there are a handful of churches that are still you know somewhat kind of faithful but that denomination no longer is it just isn't right now these elca lutherans will be merging with native american mystics to worship false gods during a week-long event this coming week and and i this was at their own website the elca website they will honor and celebrate indigenous people through presentations and worship during this event to be held starting Monday at the Greater Columbus Convention Center in Columbus, Ohio. And they'll be having prayers to the four wind directions and they'll be incorporating the gathering of waters and, and everything. It's, it's going to be basically Lutherans playing pagan. They're no longer anything but what they what they once were. But this is the world today in which we're living. I've got some people that I'm talking to um, around the country. And, and I've been in ministry for, well, I celebrated my, hard to believe, 25th anniversary to my ordination back in July. And for the last several years, I've been kind of quasi-retired uh, the coronavirus, of course, just put everything on hold because nobody knew exactly what was going on. And and But now I'm beginning to understand something that I said on this program back when it started two years ago, that if Trump had been reelected, and I was warning everybody in August, in September, and October, don't count, don't count 
on Trump winning the election here in the United States. A lot of people thought it was in the bag. And I said, if he he does win, all we're getting is a little respite. But we're still heading, we are still heading to a time of judgment. I mean, I think the ELCA Lutheran Church is definitely going to be under God's judgment. They, they, you have this, this church body all over. They host drag queen story hours during Sunday worship. Something, listen, 1965, when I went to church, I'd never, I don't think that would have happened. And today we have people, they just, you got this feminist pastor calling for a truth and reconciliation commission, blaming mass incarceration on white supremacy. This, and she's all tattooed and she is, She's a pastor of a Lutheran church. And their female presiding bishop makes it clear that the ELCA believes that abortion absolutely has to be legal and accessible. God demands it. No, her God, her demonic God demands it because the real God that they worship is Lucifer. They're not worshiping the one true God. They're not putting their faith in Jesus Christ. They're putting their faith in earth worship and everything but repentance and acceptance and obedience. Romans 1, verses 24 to 25. Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature or creation rather than the creator who is blessed forever and ever. Amen. That They've lost sight of that. It's all about sexuality, pride, killing babies, sexual gratification. There's no repentance. And they try to bury it under the word love. True love is honest. It's not a lie, which too many churches have become. So in talking, in talking with some of my friends, were we thinking, how do we grow? How do we, how do we plant churches in this environment? We learned one thing in 2020, a church can be shut down real quick. And even though there has been some after-the-fact court cases, don't think that it won't happen again, even in Canada, United States, everywhere. If they want another pandemic, and they're going to use monkeypox this time to mess with the election, the problem is it's not getting traction because the dirty secret that the New York Times does not want to discuss or anybody else or the major networks, the bottom-line truth is simply this. Those around the world that are contracting monkeypox, and it's not really that many, it's in the gay community, those that are going to various orgies. It's not in the general population. Though they'll try to use it, as I mentioned, you know, to, to, for more mail-in ballots this election, any chance they can minimize the damage that they predict will probably happen. Now, we're living in a time were Satan and his minions. The demonic realm has been ushered into this world. 
And they're getting into our governments. They're getting into our schools. They're getting into our colleges and universities, even the boardroom of corporations, places like Disney. And building a church in this environment is not what it was 30, 40 years ago. It's not easy at all. But I plan on helping plant a few churches. I've got a friend, also a minister, clergyman, lives in Georgia, not far from Atlanta. And he's going to be working with a young guy that will be ordained to the ministry in the not-too-distant future. I'll be ordaining him to plant a church. And we're trying to build a church that is based upon several things. Number one, the Word of God. Number two, on traditions that have been around for centuries. Building upon the rock of the church. I'm I'm not so concerned about music per se. I mean, every church, even in ancient times, their music differed from place to place. But the one thing I am concerned about is that all the music that is used in the church is Christ and God-centered, not man-centered. Too many of today's contemporary Christian music pieces that are repetitive, repetitive, repetitive are all about me, me, myself, and I, what I feel, what I want. Me and my Jesus, me and I feel good. It's like a it's, it's like a slobbery love song to a boyfriend, not a song of worship to an almighty God. Now, I don't mind music styles being different, but it must be Christ-centered. The simplicity of worship in a Christ-centered environment. Get, you know, worship should be what we give. It's not what we receive. We don't go to church to be entertained and get a pep talk. And that's too much of what today's, quote, modern churches have become. They're a mile wide, but only an inch deep. They have really very little depth to what they're teaching. And and they're all into their skinny jeans and their light show and their praise band. You know, look, some of the music I like, but some of it, it just, it, it tires me. I don't get into it because it's not about him. It's about me, and that's not what I'm there for. I'm there to give worship and honor and glory unto a God, uh, unto an almighty God for what he has done for me on the cross through his son, Jesus Christ, that I can be redeemed from my sin. And so planning a church in this environment today is not easy because people want to be entertained. They want to, they want to feel good about themselves. But increasingly, there are a lot of people that are looking around and saying, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with this world, with our schools, with our culture, with our government, with our corporations, with our desires, with the internet, with Facebook, with all of it. Where do we find peace? Where do we find solace? Where do we find reality? It's going to be in churches, and a lot of them will start out as home churches. I really believe in the power of the small church group. And even if you grow a church, you still need to maintain a number of small groups within that church. So when times become more difficult and expressing yourself in worship becomes more restricted, you can survive. 
Many churches were not prepared for the pandemic. They thought they'd be closed for a week or two. Well, after months, many of them had to shut their doors forever. And you'd be surprised how many churches go out of business every year, more so today than even three years ago. Not a week goes by that a church in England doesn't close and become a mosque or something else. It's a daily occurrence. I I can remember churches that I've attended that used to have three and four or five services on a Sunday morning and they were packed full. Now they have one, maybe two, and they're only less than half full. People have abandoned the faith. The baby boomers that were given every opportunity, given everything, and I'm in that group. Too many of my peers have abandoned their faith, and they no longer care about God and what God has to say. We need to change that trend. And so... I'm putting together a plan of action. And maybe you want to learn about it. Contact me. Send me an email, bob at truththenumber2ponder.com. And over the next several weeks, I'm going to from time to time talk about this and and what God's laid in my heart. I've got a friend in Missouri uh, right there on the Arkansas line where, you know, northwest Arkansas meets Missouri. And they've got a a ranch and a farm, and and they're actually starting a church in a barn on their farm. It's traditional, and they're worshiping, and they're actually beginning to grow. And and we need more of these. We we, We need dozens, hundreds, maybe thousands of little churches like this scattered everywhere. The remnant, the body of Christ is nothing but a remnant in this day and age. The idea of 1965, 1966, whatever, and families getting up on a Sunday morning and going together to church is over. Very few do. Very few. Like I said, I can remember on my street as a kid, virtually everybody I knew went to a church, whether it be a Lutheran church or a Methodist church or an Episcopalian, Episcopal church or or Catholic, whatever it was in the day, people went to church as a family. They don't do it anymore. And that's why I think our nation is literally going to hell in a handbasket. Do you believe in our ministry? Would you help keep us on the air? Visit our website, truththenumber2ponder.com. You can support us from there. You can also make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. And if you do, would you mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city is Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. Crestview, Florida, 32536. Zip code again is 32536. Your support is urgently needed. Pray for us if you would. And guess what? We will see you again next week. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth. The number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth 
in a darkening world.